a title. Actually, we are reading from Hebrews chapter 12, 4 to 10. And then we're going to just call this chastening for a purpose. So an interesting thing, when we look at this passage, we're going to find two characters or two persons. We're going to look at the word, okay, let me use small letter. We're going to use the word, we're going to see the word bastard or illegitimate sons. And we're going to see the word sons as well. These are the two things I want us to consider tonight. Now the first thing we're going to be looking at is what the difference between a bastard and a son? And does God have bastards? And if God doesn't have bastards, if he got sons, what make them sons? And then when we look at this, you're going to be able to find out who you are. Don't you forget, my emphasis and concern is for you to discover who you are in life and in creation. Hallelujah. That's my major concern. That is my ultimate goal. Bring you to self-realization and an actualization of your God-given divine purposes, will, and grace in life. It's my passion. And so in the story of this particular passage, the Lord quickened this to my heart. And I find that the need for us to consider it which is very, very important and crucial as well. Now, can we please turn to Hebrews chapter number 12? And we start looking at it from verse number 4. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12 from verse number 4. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the expectation we speak to you as to sons. My soul do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as son, as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. The word illegitimate means bastards. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirit and leave? Verse 10 says, For they indeed for a few days chasten us, as seems best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Hallelujah. Okay, now, that is this word I want us to consider, like I said. First of all, the word chastening is crucial to this understanding. Chastening is something like paid D. Let me see. Um, Paideia in the Greek, and it actually means education or training, education 
or training. Right? It could speak of discipline. Discipline. Hallelujah. I want you to understand it. Uh, it can be disciplinary correction. If you wait, instead of just discipline, disciplinary correction. Right? It could also mean chastening, like we see, etc. But what I want you to understand from this word is it doesn't mean punishment. It also means instruction. But it, it is not the word for punishment. Like we want to think it to be. Chastening in its contents is not punishment. Hallelujah. I want you to understand this. Now, if you look at the word bastard, I'm coming so that we can discuss it properly. Bastard is something notos. Notos. In the Greek. And it actually means a spurious or illegitimate son. A spurious or illegitimate. A spurious or illegitimate son. So we're looking at two people here. One is a spurious and illegitimate son. The other one is a son that is being chastened. Like I said, the word chastening have nothing in the true sense in this passage to do with punishment. We have always seen it to be he who God love, he punishes in the sense of maybe correction. But what God is dealing with, he have nothing in the true sense to do with punishment. It has to do with education. It has to do with training. Training could also involve disciplinary actions or corrections. It means instruction. Now listen to this. When you say somebody is an illegitimate child, you are by implication inferring that that child, for instance, let me give an instance. If a woman, if a man goes to a hotel and meets a woman, that man is not intending to make a baby. Am I correct? Yeah. Come on, talk with me. Yes, now, it could be possible because the power for procreation is inherent in man and a woman that the baby comes out. Mm-hmm. Now, it is also possible that the man can deny that child. Yeah. But it's a human being. Is that okay? Now, we've seen people who grow up and tell their father, show me my mother. By implication... Though they are human beings, they don't know who their father is. Now, it is also possible that that father can even agree to say, I am the one that fathered that child, but doesn't want to take responsibility. Am I correct? God. Now, when a child, does, a, a father doesn't take responsibility for the child, the child grows up not receiving what will we call the chastening of the father? How is that supposed to be? We find fathers 
who because they were not intending to make a baby, will leave the training of the children to the mother. And anytime they call, they say, look, take care of that child. I'm not, I'm not consigned and that's not my problem or whatever the case may be. Is that okay? Now, so you understand what a bastard child means. Now, bastard children are not cared for. But what I mean is, the father will not be caring about the education. He doesn't care how they live. He doesn't care how they are clothed. He doesn't care how they feed. He doesn't care where they go to. He doesn't just care about anything about that child. Such a person, they're living in a bastard realm. Not because it's not a human being. But what the father is supposed to do, is not being done. Are you getting this? I want you to understand the difference. Now, that will take you to where we are supposed to be as children of God in the house of God. It's very crucial. That we understand what I'm speaking this evening. Now, when we come to the area of a son who is legitimate now, it is ultimate to believe that we want to bring forth children with a purpose in mind. Who this child should be. Are we following? When we bring up children, we want to, what do we try to do? We try to give them the best education. And even when we send them to school, we try to tell the teachers to help us to be able to design who the child is supposed to be in life. Are you understanding me? We tell the teachers, please, please find out what is the best place. Now you try to look at the result sheet of these children. You want to see where they are properly fitted. You want to see whether, are they going to be engineers? Are they going to be lawyers? Are they going to be architects? You just try to find out based on the result and their performance in school. Why are you so concerned? Because you are a father. Are you getting this? Now, by the time you finally discover who this child is supposed to be in life, you begin to put things in place for the child to fulfill that purpose for which he or she is born. Certain attributes that you have channeled and that you begin to put all resources in the education of that child. Now, that is completely different from the bastard child who you don't care for. Are you following this? Okay. So, what does that speak to us? What we're saying is, for instance, you plan to discover that your child is supposed to be an engineer. What are you going to do now? You want the child to go to uh, maybe university to study engineering? You want to pay the fees for the engineering, no matter how costly it will be? You want to buy all the materials? Because you've discovered what the child is supposed to be. Now, what you are doing, even if the child seems not to be acting rightly, in relation to what you've discovered that the child is supposed to be, you want to discipline this child to get into what he or she is supposed to be. You are not punishing the child. You are guiding the child to come to the place of divine fulfillment. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That is not punishment. You may look at it as punishment, but it's not punishment. You want to bring the child to the place of correction. As a matter of fact, I mentioned this some time ago. Education is basically a process by which the mind of mind is developed to think properly and more reasonably. That is what education means. And I mentioned it to that's why when you go to the bank, they don't ask you what you study. 
Why? Because to them you have been educated. What that means is your mind and your brain is now functioning. That is what education means. Am I talking to someone? So, you go to the bank, whether you study art, you study philosophy, you study history, whatever you want to study. People wonder, why are you working somewhere? Work in the bank. What did you study? So I study, uh, maybe I'm a medical doctor or I'm a, I'm a fine art teacher or something like that. Why are you working in the bank? You say, yes, I'm working in the bank. The banking system just knows one thing. You are educated. By that, they mean to say, your mind is developed and you can think well. That's all. And that's exactly what education means. Are you getting this? Hallelujah. Now, you know, there's a common saying, say, a traveling man is half educated. Have you heard such a thing before? What are they tra- Why are they saying that? Because the more you travel across the nations, even if you didn't go to school, you see things, you understand certain things from different cultures, different perspectives. Your mind is broadened. You come back home to your community, you think differently. That's why they say a traveling man is half educated. Sometimes you look at some people and say, leave him, he hasn't traveled, that's why he's behaving that way. Not because he went to any school. Well, he didn't go to any school. But somebody who has traveled, when you see him, he's refined. Why is he refined? Why are they saying he's half-educated? The mind is broadening. He can think differently from his own people. Are you getting what I'm saying? So education is not necessarily a study fine art, a study English, a study history. That is not actually what education means. Education is the development of the mind and the brain of a man to think better and more reasonably. Are you catching this? So why? Now what we're saying now is, the chastening of the Lord is to educate you or train you to be properly fitted into what you are sent here to do. Are you following this? Okay, let me give you an example for instance. Uh, let's look at Let's look at Hebrews again. Another scripture on Hebrews. Uh, Hebrew 10. Let's look at Hebrew 10. Maybe 5 to 7. Oh, we'll look at Jesus. Hebrews 5, 5 to 7. I mean Hebrew 10, 5 to 7. Hallelujah. Okay, now are you there in Hebrew 10? Let's look at it from 5 to 7. Come on, okay. Okay, let's just rush it from verse 1. I think it will give us some insight. For the Lord having a shadow of the good things to come and know the very image of the things can never with these sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect for then would they not have ceased to be offered for the worshippers once purified will have had no more consciousness of sin now that's very crucial I swear for you to understand the difference between what the blood of Jesus is supposed to be doing for you and what the sacrifices of old are supposed to be doing what that means is the sacrifices of old no matter how many of them are offered they can't stop you from having a consciousness of sin. But that we mean to say, or it means to say, it doesn't deliver you from sin, and it doesn't prevent you from thinking sin. The reason because you have the mind of offering the sacrifices every year. Because you know, you, you have the belief that you can't overcome sin. 
Is that okay? Now, verse 3 says, But in these sacrifices there is a, rem- a reminder of sins every year. In other words, even the one you've committed before, you seem to have prayed for this year. Next year they remind you. So you're always conscious of sin. And that is another thing that makes it a complete difficult thing for you to live above sin. Hallelujah. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Now verse 5. Therefore when he came into the wall, he said, Who came here? Jesus. Hmm? Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book is written of me. To do what? To do your will, O Lord. To do your will, O Lord. Now, you know that the Bible says Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. Is that okay? It shows that when he came into the world, he knew why he came. He understood why he came. So even when you are talking of the sufferings of Christ, they were simply the processes to prepare him to fulfill the purpose why he came. Are you still there? Please, I want you to understand this very, it's very important. Because you see, we are going through life as believers, not knowing why we are here. I don't understand why we are passing through certain things that we are passing through. We don't understand why we are passing through them. We don't know that this could be training for us to prepare us to fulfill why God sent us here. What we see more is the devil doing everything. But those chastening could become trainings for you. Re-education for you to be able to fulfill the reason why you are here. The point is this. When you are not going through any trainings in the hands of God, you are a bastard. Understand what I'm sharing tonight. If you are a bastard, you have no definite goal to fulfill for God. I illustrated to you, an illegitimate child is not bothered about by the father what kind of education the child has because to the father there is no goal for that child are you following what I'm talking about no goal no definite aim for that child it's like you can leave and just leave and go whatever it is it doesn't bother it doesn't bother so if God is not concerned about you Paul is saying, if you are not receiving any chastening from the Lord, you are a bastard. <laughs> I was sharing something with someone on Monday. He asked a question. I've said that here some time ago. You see, sometimes we, we feel happy, but ignorantly and foolishly as well, when God doesn't send us on an errand. Have you noticed that? We feel comfortable when we come to church. You just belong. God doesn't send you any message. You feel very happy. To me, that is an act of illegitimacy. It's very crucial. We understand this. 
So that sometimes when we think that we are not occupied in the church, we don't have anything to do in the church, we are happy. It's an act, a sign of illegitimacy. You know what happened in the book of Exodus when the Bible says Moses came to the people, they went to build the temple. And said, They do our willing, let her bring for the building of the temple. And the Bible says, Those whom God stayed, they brought. When he uses the word, those whom God stayed, it means there are some people that God did not stay. And they should be happy that they didn't bring their money. But it's a clear sign of the fact that God said, I'm not bothered about you. You and your money, you can go. Now, so many people will be rejoicing. That's why you talk, sometimes people talk about giving. You don't drum giving in the true sense. We, what we try to do sometimes is to help God to help you. You can think about a situation where Moses said, We need to be for God, and God didn't taught you to give, and you are rejoicing. Don't you see at that stage you are an illegitimate son? Because God didn't bother about you, He's not talking to you. It doesn't care about who you are. It doesn't care how about you finish with your life. Are you listening to me? We must come to a place where we know that God is our father. And not just knowing it. We have a definite purpose in creation. And if so be. Anytime certain things happen to us. Knowing that we are on course with God. We don't see the devil. We see God in action. Because even the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Was to fulfill the will of God. So, what are we talking about? Are you still there with me? What are we talking about? Chastening of the Lord is the education of the Lord. You know, the Bible says, that is why I love what Philippi was saying. When we pray, what do we pray for? What do we pray about? God deliver me, God deliver me. You know, you, say, you know, somebody once tell me, say, but Jesus prayed and he was delivered from death. As we read it very well, what the Bible says, he was delivered from premature death. In other words, God did not allow his anger to kill him in Gethsemane before going to the cross. That is what he was delivered from. If he was delivered from death, why was he crucified? Read the book. Hmm? He said, we prayed with groaning and the Lord saw and then he delivered him. But the truth is, he delivered him from premature death. He delivered him from untimely death. He delivered him not to die before the right time. He didn't stop him from dying. But he shifted the time. That was the answer to the prayer. Not that he will not die. Because he came to do his will. And part of the will is for him to go to the cross. Are you getting this? So when we pray, how do we pray? Is God chastening us at all? Is he educating us? Is he training us? Is there a disciplinary correction? Does he speak to our heart once in a while over certain things we have done? Which God have come to say that this thing cannot allow you to fulfill my will. And he begins to speak to your heart. God allow me to have, have something I'm going to share with you on Sunday. Different between restraining and giving up. God can restrain you. God can give you up to a reprobate mind. God permit me, I'll share that on Sunday. So that you can understand. The love of God to restrain you from doing the things you are not supposed to do. These are part of the training. And so we, we the way, how many pastors son do we have in the church today? A thousand and one. Because thousand and one persons in the church do not know why they are living. 
They don't know why they are living. They don't know the purpose of God for their life. They don't know why they are here. A thousand and one person in the church. What they are here for is all oh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, die and then you go to heaven. Huh? And then street of gold, get a mansion, clap hands morning and evening, sing hallelujah, glory to the Lord. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Nothing more than that. Join the angels to do the chorus and all that. What kind of a boring situation would that be? What kind of a boring... Even those of us who sing very well in this part of the world, we still get tired singing. You do it in the morning, you do it in the afternoon, do it in the evening, you know, just do it, just do it, just do it. All the days of your life. No life there. <laughs> the kind of picture we paint you see the kind of picture we paint we forgot to realize that God had been in creation even before the world began and that there is still a lot more to do and we are species of God coming forth even in the realm of truth to continue to have the continuity of the mind of God in creating you're thinking of singing, 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 singing that's why we don't know why you're here Part of your life on earth is the chastening period that fit you for who you are supposed to be, not only in creation but even after now. You are learning the rudiment of your divine purpose. Let, let, all, let the devil, let the, let the hell, let the hell, you know, be let loose and let all the devil in the world come against you. You are still in God's divine purpose. That, that will keep you some peace. That there is no devil that can destroy you before your time. If the devil gets hold of you at all, it is the express permission of God. And that shows you are supposed to leave the sin now. Maybe because you are coming into a place where you are living, you are going astray from what God intends you to do. He can allow the devil to get you out of the sin. Instead of confusing people and messing up. Are you following what I'm talking about? Are you a bastard child or you are a son? <laughs> you have to begin to find out. You see, when, I've been telling you, when you go and pray, find out some things. God, let me know your will for my life. How many of you have taken time to do that? Let me know your will for my life. Why am I existing? What am I living for? Let me know your will for my life. You are a seed. You are a special seed of God. He, he, he ordained you. He sent you here. I keep saying He sent you here for a purpose. The chastening of the Lord is for a purpose. It's to raise you, to fit you, to perfect you, to accomplish what He sent you here to do. When God doesn't chasten you, when God doesn't talk to you, when God doesn't correct you, just knowing that you are an illegitimate child. You are born in the church without a father. Jesus said a similar thing. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. Remember that? John 16, I'm sure. I will not leave you as orphans. <laughs> that means there are orphans in the church. Hmm? And where there are orphans, there are also widows. No, just, it's just simple. 
What, what, what Jesus was equally trying to say. Remember what he said, the Holy Spirit, when he said, I will not leave you as often. He said, the Holy Spirit, he said, will come and teach you. And reveal to you. Do you understand that? That is the chastening, the instruction. He will give to them. So when God is not ministering to you, wake up in the night and say, God, who am I? Why have you forsaken me? Why did you have to leave me to myself? Why can't I find a bearing in the spirit to know created? What am I living for? Wake up and pray, man. Wake up and pray. Hallelujah. Is there any father who will not want the best for his child? So why do you think God will not provide for us the best we need in life? Why do you think so? Why do you think so? Why can't we come to that consciousness of having God as our father? If men can be so full of the consciousness of sin, why can't we have the consciousness of God as our father? And if God becomes our father, why can't he have, why, why do we think he can provide? How many of you know that we are really, really full of the consciousness of sin? It is a consciousness we carry. It is a mindset. It's a reality. He's before us all the time when we walk. We think about it. So why can't we also reverse that to think about God? Knowing that God is our Father. Why won't you come to this place of that consciousness? In the church. Knowing that every father will always want to protect and provide. He will protect, he will provide. Every father, every good father. The best is what they want for their children. Why do you think God cannot do the same for you? Automatically we have come to the place of a consciousness of an illegitimate child in the house of God. So we look at ourselves, we don't see anything. All we see is the devil beating us left and right, giving us more bleeding every day. And begging God to help, to help us get out of the hands of the devil. Sorry. This man standing before you see no devil. All things are working together for my good. I don't care how ugly it will be. It doesn't bother me. Hallelujah. Because I am so convinced of one thing. You can't shift me from God's purpose. Practically impossible. So everything I'm passing through is a chasteness and education. It's fitting me and perfecting me for something more glorious. You may not understand, but I do. Hallelujah. Listen, when you know him, he begins to speak to you in a way that you can understand him. Recently, I was reminded of one of the first things that I got, the first place I preached in my life. Then I was just converted, just about three months. Uboe, huh? Handed me the Bible, say, You come, God told me you are a man of God, come and preach. About three months, I said, I don't know what to preach. He said, you have to preach. It's okay. Went home, I opened the book of Peter. Where we're talking about going to Cappadocia, whatever. <laughs> I just opened the place and I begin to talk. But come and see what happened. The move of God in the hall, I was amazed. And a lady came and said, was speaking to the man. Say, I saw this man preaching on a very high place, high mountain. And there were people gathered. And somebody came and was trying to cut the cable of the microphone. And recently, 
I was just in meditation and the thing came back. Remember how a woman wanted to cut a microphone when you began? I said, now I know. Hallelujah. And not just that, I find that my transistor radio that was broken down was gathered and somebody brought it to me and said, this is your radio that was bad. We have fixed it. There's a place for communication. What does radio do to receive signals and transmit as well? God is at work. Don't let your heart be troubled. Find out who you are. Know who God created you to be. In every situation you find yourself, you find that you will be rejoicing because God is at work in your life. Uncle Francis, the devil can take your life. Do you understand? If you know his will, if you know his purpose, if you know why you are here, he is ever ready to protect and to preserve you. Because one thing I know is this. Of a truth is true, yeah. God can raise another man. But do you know what it means to train one child in the natural? Do you know what it means? You train one child for five years in the university. Do you know what it will cost you as a natural man? And then you got somebody to start all over. And you think God wants to waste his resources in training you? And the devil just take you out of the way so that he can train another man. That is not possible. So the chastening are working something glorious on our behalf. Heavy things. So that we can truly fulfill the will, the mind, and the purposes of God for us. Try and find out who you are. Try and find out who you are. Hallelujah. There's a realm of transmission again. There's a realm of transmission again. The voice is coming louder and louder, clearer and clearer. There's a playful transmission again. Are you getting this? So don't let anything called chastening be something that will bring you to a bit of sorrow. Don't see devils killing you. No. You are too precious in the sight of the Lord. See, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. What that means is, it's a painful thing for a son of God to die. Because he knows what to invest in your life. He's doing a great job. He's paying bills to get you educated so that you can fulfill purpose. You are not going to be an illegitimate child. Just find out. God is too good to be imagined. As far as I'm concerned, he's such a wonderful father. God bless you.